Hello everybody and welcome to another Cane and Rinse interview extra. And today we've got somebody who uh, I think came to my attention some months ago now when I was researching for our R-Type podcast. Uh, and my guest today is Ben Cartledge of One Credit Classics. Welcome to Cane and Rinse, Ben. Thank you very much. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Very welcome. So yeah, I think I was simply doing my usual thing. I've, I've mentioned it before and, and I'll take any excuse to uh, to mention just how many hours of research we put into each and every uh, Cane and Rinse podcast, patreon.com slash Cane and Rinse. Uh, so I was doing my usual trawl of, of all, the, all the resources on the internet. And one of the videos that came up when I was looking for, uh, basically I was looking for people who were playing R-Type better than I was, because although I've been playing it since it came out, I'm not very good at it. And one of the first ones that came up actually was uh, was your one credit run of uh, of our type, the original 1987 coin op. And yeah, so I saw I saw the name of your channel and uh, and there we are. So I think I think we we mentioned you on that show. And then since then, uh, our Michiel, who's a very outgoing and friendly chat, contacted you on Twitter and said he was enjoying your work and now I think the feeling's mutual. I'm not. I'm not fishing for compliments there. But, uh, <laughs> we're we're uh, we're finding we have some. I think we have some uh, sort of. You know, we have similar uh, similar passions. Put it that way. Yeah, for sure. When did uh, One Credit Classics start up as an a thing rather than you know? It, it, when did it become a an actual pursuit, a creative output rather than a mere hobby? I did the first episode around about a year ago, and uh, for years before that, I'd had conversations with a good friend of mine about it. It all stemmed from WrestleFest originally, the, the Coin Up WrestleFest. Oh, okay. Yeah, the, the WWF. Your first um, one, yeah. Coin Up, yeah. And uh, it, I could never beat the Legion of Doom. Like they're the, they're the boss characters on the tag team mode. You beat like four tag teams, and then you have to wrestle the Legion of Doom. Yeah. And it's only when you look into it. Um, and I did a bit of research did I realize that um, all the dip switches are massively tilted in their favor like they're they're something like 60% more likely to win grapples than anybody else and they do like 25% more damage and they've got bigger health bars and all that kind of stuff and so they're a credit sink obviously like I'd always get to Legion of Doom and die and I'd have so many conversations about my friend uh, with my friend sorry about whether it was possible to beat him and uh I spent months, just months, playing it relentlessly, and eventually I uh, I did it, and I messaged him, and I was like, I beat Legion of Doom with one credit, and he just messaged me back, and he didn't, and I thought, there's no way I can actually prove this, it's just, no. <laughs> it's just me. No achievements, and, uh, no. Yeah, exactly, Like, like, and I just thought to myself, how am I going to, what am I going to do, and then I just kind of forgot about it, and like I say, about, about a year ago, um, it was on a bank holiday. I was just driving home from somewhere with my wife, and I thought to myself, do you know, I, I might do something with this. I'm going to try and record record a performance. And the funny thing was that the name of the channel just kind of came to me, but it didn't. It didn't kind of. Uh, I wasn't planning to do one credit runs all the time. I wasn't. Right. Uh, my original idea was to to just play with one credit and see how far I could get. And then I the see. problem was not the problem, but I kind of made a rod for my own back, really, because I one credited WrestleFest. Yeah, and then I was just like, well. That's got to be the thing now, isn't it? Like it's got it's got to be like a one credit. Uh, it's got to be a one credit thing every week. After that, I did uh, I did Golden Axe, and uh, and then I just went from there. Really, like uh, I kind of take suggestions or um, games that I've played before, games that I haven't played. But as, as you kind of pointed out, there kind of uh, every now and then I'll, I'll I'll delve kind of into a project that takes quite a lot of time. Uh, uh, Contra No Death was one of those. Super Contra No Death. Yeah, I did no this life. start of this season. That's another one. And R Type No Death was by far and away the hardest gaming project I've ever undertaken in my entire yeah. adult life. Um, uh, but but yeah, like it's, to think that it's one of the more popular videos on the channel, and to think that there's still people kind of watching it and messaging me about it, and mm. and uh, people still get quite a lot out of it, which is cool because I, I really enjoyed your uh, your podcast on the subject, and you make a very good point. Like there wasn't too many people who you could find who played those kind of last levels just because no. they're so difficult. Yeah, and and uh, as stupid as it sounds, like a uh, a uh, one one life clear like I did on on our type mm. is so so hard, but a one credit clear. It's even harder because the second you lose all your power ups, yeah. it's, pra- it's practically impossible. Very good point. Yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, yes. The uh, the age old uh, dilemma with those shoot 'em ups from pretty much from uh, Gradius or Nemesis onwards. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, t- sucks all your uh, all your power ups away from you. Um, yeah, I'll get into uh, asking you about you know uh, which have been the challenges and so on. But a um, bit of background first. Is this the first sort of uh, project of this type that you've done? Have you had any other YouTube channels or podcasts or anything like that? This pretty much is the, the, the start of it. Really, I mean, I'm um, I've obviously been very into it. Very into video games for a very long time i'm uh, kind of 37 and uh kind of just grew up really with with uh, as a similar kind of uh demographic as most kind of arcade players i suppose are yeah. grew up with arcades and uh i went through kind of home computers and then i had a uh, sega master system and then an amiga and then a snes and, and it just kind of never I, I don't know i just it just never stopped really like i just um constantly got more and more consoles and but found like the older i got the more i think it's the same with uh, I, i'm kind of like that in a lot of respects really i'm the same with like music like the older i get like the more distance i get from anything that seems modern somehow <laughs> like i'll just uh i'll just get, I'll get in from work and all i want to do do you know what i mean is play like probotector or something or, or like a nice relaxing like, game of probotector. yeah exactly yeah. that's a nice nice game of sim city and listen to some Def leopard it's ridiculous like it's <laughs> do you know what i mean it's just it's the way it goes though i just i just feel such an affinity there's such a a, a kind of uh i don't want to say simplicity because those games are, are so difficult but um i just i'm really enamored with the fact that uh if I put a if I put Super Pro Protector on when I get home, it's the same game as it was 25 years ago. Mm. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to download any updates for it. I don't have to download any patches for it. And there's such a simplistic level of honesty about it, and that well, you're either good enough to beat it or you're not. And and if if you're not, then you, you either stop playing or you carry on or playing you until you're <laughs> exactly exactly yeah. like, like some uh, some Rocky style montage, pretty much. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of yes. Yeah, kind of the the impression i was getting i was going to ask you your age you said they're 37 uh because i was curious uh you seemed uh, a lot younger than me actually you're like eight years younger than me which is a chunk but um not as much as i perhaps thought but it, it was interesting because uh, normally I now I'm you know increasingly associating with a passion for uh, arcade gaming with people my age or only or very maybe very slightly younger. Um, we've got Carl on the podcast who's about ten years younger than me, but he started very early, so he has fond memories of arcades in his very uh, very early days. But yeah, yeah. So you would have been so thinking about it when like that wrestle fest coin up came out. You'd have been a teenager, I guess, or yeah, yeah. eleven or twelve perfect age for 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 wrestling video games yeah yeah exactly i mean i remember being um uh around about i wouldn't have been high school so i would have been nine or ten and uh there was uh, an arcade around about in a small town about two miles away from where i live I and on a, on a saturday i'd go uh, me and my dad would walk down to that town we'd do some shopping and then uh we'd go into that arcade and they had like um uh, all the all the good Sega stuff. They had uh, Alter Beast, the Gold Max. Um, uh, they had an Afterburner, and then they had some other cool stuff. They had a, mm. a little random machines. I remember they had a Roadrunner at one point, and a, um, a Ghosts and Goblins, and all kinds of stuff. And I just remember that um, kind of and that building kind of stayed there for for, for a number of years. And yeah. I, when I turned uh, when I went to high school, I used to walk past that to go to school. Um, and so like uh, I know. It was tough, yeah. Um, but the funny thing was, like, I, the number of times, like, I, I'd go to go to school and uh, I'd just not have any dinner. Do you know what I mean? I'd just play football for my entire dinner, so I could spend my dinner money in the arcade. I hope yeah. my mum is listening to this, but <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, um, that, that that happened quite a lot. Uh, and the funny thing was as well, and and um, you probably, if you speak to arcade gamers of, of kind of this era, you'll notice that it's not just arcades where you played those games. Like there was that arcade that had all that good stuff, but. There was a uh, there was a chip shop on the walk home that had a, a, a coin up machine they used to change out. Yes. Had a Captain America and the Avengers machine. Yeah, uh, and there was a video rental store that mm. had a the video rental store was amazing. It had three it had three cabinets that had Street Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat uh, and a, a Knights of the Round machine. I seem to remember, and they always swapped the middle one out and mm. kept the uh, kept the other two in, obviously because Street Fighter Two and Mortal Kombat were massive money makers then. Um, but like I say, it wasn't just wasn't just arcades where we kind of got a fill of playing those games. Fortunately, the arcades of which there were many in Brighton, I've talked about it many times growing up in Brighton, still live in Brighton. We had 
and we had a lot of arcades. We had yeah. a, an entire street dedicated to arcades and then several down on the seafront as well. Um, now we're down to basically a few uh, main coin-ops in local pubs <laughs> and... Um, and uh, the odd, yeah, the odd game store. But yes, fortunately, the the seaside was about three quarters of an hour to an hour's walk away from where I went to school. Otherwise, uh, yeah, I probably would have been in the same boat as you. But I did actually, uh, <laughs> I did actually get some lunch uh, as well as playing football. Although we weren't allowed balls, so we used to play with a tin can because that's much safer, right? Uh, yeah, crushed tin cans. Political <laughs> correctness gone mad. Yeah, <laughs> crazy days. Uh, yeah, old man shouts at cloud, all that. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, one thing I'm curious about, because I've always considered myself a, a pretty mediocre gamer, like there's a few games I'm good at, uh, or I've got good at, there's some which I've learned to get good at, there's some genres which I'm more adept at. Uh, Mikhail's recently uh, written a multi-part piece for our site about the subjectivity of difficulty, and it's not just as simple as this game is easy, this game is hard, because different people have different skill sets, different people have different things that they will persist with, and so on. Um, but overall, I consider myself average, in some cases slightly below, in some cases slightly above. How skilled a gamer do you consider yourself to be, and has that changed since you been doing one credit classics um i, I, I look back at uh, there's certain games that i probably could like i probably could have done without practicing too much yeah. um I, I don't know i never consider myself uh incredible at anything really games wise but i just i think the thing with, with me is kind of i'm quite uh, i guess i am quite persistent at stuff and i yeah. think that uh especially with kind of older games i guess uh, that that uh, that persistence wears down resistance. Really, mm. I think like you can just constantly, uh, if you aren't put off by the fact that you're repeatedly dying at stu- at something, and you can use that to learn how to stop repeatedly dying, then uh, you can just literally break those levels down bit by bit. Do you know what I mean? It's what we call Rick Dangerous syndrome. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. If you if you remember Rick Dangerous, oh, that yes. was just walk two spaces. Death. Yeah, exactly. Walk two spaces, die. Right, don't yeah. die there. Walk three spaces, die. Right, don't die there. It's like that. Our type was like Rick Dangerous in space, pretty much. Yeah. Like the the last uh, the last couple of levels, especially, yeah. just absolutely ridiculous. But like I say, I just I think if you, it's like anything. I think if you're prepared to put the time in and you've got kind mm. of a a passion for something, it never feels like. Do you know what I mean? It never feels like work. I don't come in from my actual day job and be like, oh God, I've got to sit down and play our type for three hours. Like as, as hard as it was mentally, it was mm. still kind of fun. I'd still get something out of every year, out of every session that I played. And, uh, and the thing with it as well, the most addictive part is when you feel it getting closer. Yeah. Like at that point you feel those, like I am um, the R type video itself took over 200 takes. Um, and the last, um, the last 50, maybe I was getting to level six or seven, pretty much every time and i could just do you know what i mean i could just kind of feel it like i, I just i just yeah. felt it was gonna crack and uh and uh yeah that's why i kind of beat it and then sort of had an out-of-body experience really like i can't really remember a lot about what happened <laughs> yeah. after i beat it that feeling's just so addictive it's the same with all the ones that i have to put time into like contra like episode 20 was contra no death and and yeah like it, it's that thing like you you put that much time into it that you can't i, I can't describe that that ridiculous feeling the juice is always worth the squeeze you know yeah yeah so one thing for people who haven't tuned into your channel yet uh do you attempt a live commentary on every single attempt at completing the game or do you wait until you do it and then add a commentary and post oh so it's all it's all done it when i try and record every take we'll have live commentary um uh, so what i try and do is uh i'll do progress runs where i'll get myself up to the point where i feel i can beat it um and then i'll kind of when i've got a block of time i'll sit down and try and record it and then it just comes down to execution really mm. um uh but like i say yeah there was i was running out of space really on the other problem is i use um different pieces of software and the uh, the video capturing software converts the files into avi files and they're yeah. uncompressed so they're absolutely massive yeah so um to give you an example like uh the the current multi-part long play that i'm converting at the moment is uh, shining force and that's mm. uh 21 episodes and uh that's nearly 700 gig so yeah so i mean i reckon i probably chucked about a terabyte of our type away realistically i, I just it's yeah. too it's too painful do you know what I, mean? I had to just i had to just get rid of it all but but yeah that I, I do try and do um like i say progress runs and stuff like that are different kind of i'll do those kind of quite uh kind of casually really but when it's like when i'm i'm feeling like i could potentially beat a game 
then the recording side of it kind of becomes a bit different. Also as well, quite randomly, um, I obviously work nine to five, but um, I've got a job I do at weekends. Um, mm. And yeah, it's incredibly random. I work as a uh, I work as a mixed martial arts judge, so I work oh, for uh, the Ultimate Fighting Championship and a few other a few other organisations. And uh, so I get to travel quite a bit, and uh, it's it's an amazing opportunity every time I do it. And I'm really grateful for those those opportunities. But like, um, I kind of go on planes quite a lot, so um, I've got yeah. a, a 3DS. And so, for example, um, I, I had um, you can download a lot of the old games on those through the the virtual stores. So I had like. Mega Man 2 and uh, Castlevania and all those games. Um, not long before Christmas, uh, I did a I, I did a show for the Ultimate Fighting Championship in uh, Australia. So there's quite a lot of flying there. Yes. Um, so uh, so yeah. Practice time. Yeah. yeah inevitably. Yeah. Because I mean, Amazing. it's like it's an eight-hour flight, then a thirteen-hour flight, and then and then I came home like two days afterwards. But uh, but yeah, I was amazing at Mega Man when I got back. So swings yeah. and roundabouts. <laughs> well, I'm, yeah. See, there's one I'm scared of because we're covering uh, the first two games in the series later this year. And as as you probably picked up by now, we complete everything we cover on Kane and Rince, but not necessarily as honestly and purely as you do. Uh, we try yes. to do it as best we can, but we don't always have the the time, patience, skill, or resource to do it. Because I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Like most people can achieve these completions eventually for a lot of these games but there are some games which are just notoriously um, challenging in terms of pure coordination you know reflexes and you must have you know you must be you must have to possess a certain level to you know there are people possibly myself included who just wouldn't have the reactions to get through certain stages of certain games maybe you're just you know incredibly you seem like quite a chilled guy do you think you're you're very zen do you not get very angry at the, the frustration of death like some of us do <laughs> <laughs> um i don't know i wouldn't say i don't get angry at stuff because sometimes it's just it, it, it's fairly it does get fairly fairly ridiculous um but yeah i guess i mean i always i always kind of approach the the the, the progress runs like the bits that i don't record i probably get more angry at like when I uh, when it's time to kind of record and I'm sitting down in front of the uh, sitting down in front of the the microphone with it with the controller, kind of I'm at that point where I know it's kind of it's kind of not about the game really. It's about me. Do you know what I mean? It's about I have to be I have to be able to execute and uh, and yeah. like any frustrations that I've got are kind of uh, are all kind of internalized really until I get that uh, <laughs> until I get that take. But inevitably, when I do get that take, there's always a, a crazy. Uh, release of kind of uh, emotion and energy at the end yeah. when when uh, when that final boss falls or uh, or or kind of uh, do you know what I mean I got that last level cleared uh, I always get I tell you what else I find I get quite like I do get a bit uh, kind of emotional sometimes yeah um, especially when there's kind of a connection to a game like I said about um about Golden Axe obviously mm. and it was Golden Axe that drew me to kind of your podcast the, the Golden Axe episode was amazing I thought um and uh, I did a uh, a golden axe uh what did i do i did a golden axe no death originally yeah um and then i did uh three got i did a golden axe uh back to back to back no death with all three <sighs> characters um uh, that, that was one video and uh it was it was around about when the video came out it was round about uh kind of 10 years almost almost to the the day when uh, when uh, i kind of lost my dad and I just remembered, like that he was the one who took me down to that arcade. You know what I mean? And so when that yeah, last yeah. that last boss kind of fell, and I was talking it up, I had a bit of I had a bit of a wobble. I'd stop a little bit, oh. but uh, but uh, but like I say, it's it's uh, I always get like you hear the kind of the ending music on these games, and you're reminded of those times, and and also more recently, you're reminded of kind of the time and effort that you've put into to to get in this end product. And uh, and yeah, it does kind of uh, yeah, it does get me a little bit. But I think. I've done quite a few Golden Axe videos. I'm working on, like I say, a fairly ridiculous clear at the moment with like uh, no uh, no magic, no death, no dragons. But yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah. I can get most of the way through. But. Yeah, I saw on uh, on one of yours you were you were doing the uh, you managed to get the blue dragon to the end, so you were just uh, fire fire spamming go, uh, death out of death it at the end, yeah. which is absolutely fine, of course. You know whatever it takes. But um, but I hadn't I haven't actually. That that is a game that I can one CC or very close to it, and yeah. I haven't managed to get the Blue Dragon to Death Adder for for years because you know it takes takes a lot of um, familiarity with certain sections of the game to make sure it, it, you don't lose him. Exactly. Um, yeah. So I so I probably you know maybe I've had more practice at doing the later levels without the mount without yeah. the, <laughs> without the steed than you have. I so, bet. Yeah. Yeah. It's a strange old fight that is really because mm. like um, mm. there's there's a 
the the bit with the with the blue dragon, the bit with the two uh, red knights is really really easy. But without mm-hmm. that, the bit with the two red knights is absolutely solid, and that's yeah. the that's the kind of tough bit. And, and it like the only person I think I'll probably be able to do it with is is Gilius, just because mm-hmm. the range on his uh, on his back attack and what you've got to do is yeah. you've got to you've got to kind of face away from uh, the red knight and then when they begin to do the animation to attack with a sword you've got to walk away from them slightly yeah. and then do the back attack and you can just about get them but uh the execution on it's it's really it's dead easy to mess up and that, that, therein lies the uh, therein yeah. lies the the challenge really chunks of health uh, yeah taken away disappearing. in short order yeah did you uh, also see you've, you've done double dragon as one of your games is another yes, one which I is, as i said on the recent double dragon podcast uh, i think it was the first or second arcade game i ever won credited back in when i was 15 in 1987 wow, that's uh, fantastic. that game has a bit of a a, a, a nice uh, exploit basically doesn't it and did you did you go full out on that or did you did you mix up your techniques a bit or was it reverse elbow smash all the way there was a lot of reverse elbow smashes i'm not gonna lie like um, yeah it's just uh if it's there use exactly it. <laughs> the, the problem is like with all that stuff like with all these games i always get to the point where uh I'll, I'll I'll try and 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 I don't want to say play them as honestly because I mean it's not it's not dishonestly like that yeah. machine's trying to get money off you yeah. but um I'm, I guess maybe as kind of um so they're kind of aesthetically a bit more pleasing I suppose uh, for for people kind of watching yeah but then the second I feel threatened I'm like no I'm but like, I just <laughs> just kind yeah. of regress back a little bit like um I, I've got a cut like I say I've got a a couple of videos kind of in the pipeline at the moment and uh, like I say it's it's amazing how the second like a, especially if if a clear is a bit longer the second a clear is back in jeopardy you think to yourself right I don't know what am I doing yeah just re- rein it in a little bit because with all these clears especially the achievement runs it comes down to uh, minimizing risk like like anything do you know what I mean if you want to do one if you want to do one credit or a one life clear or or anything like this like it's do you know what I mean if there's if there's a five percent more chance you're going to die if there's more enemies on the screen then yeah. and, and there's something you can do to clear them off quickly then you exactly. have to do that and that's and it the, makes you makes you realize why in the sort of high pressure big money world of of sports such as football you can understand why a lot of teams are so uh you know play within themselves and are so defensive um because uh, you know the the fear of the fear of messing up when when ultimately the 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 safer you play it the less likely you are to be exploited i don't know if this is the same in ufc because i don't know a thing about it but uh i assume there are times when it pays to be uh strategic and cautious and play yeah, percentages 100 exactly. but then uh, conversely as you said there that that kind of draws draws people and draws teams because that doesn't make the most aesthetically pleasing kind yeah. of and people don't want to be uh I mean, I've I've been at events where a, a fighter maybe has been fighting super defensively, and people have started booing, and you yeah. can see it's having a mental effect on him. Do you yeah. know what I mean? And in a funny kind of in a funny kind of way, it's it's kind of I'm not as much as there's nobody there watching these videos with me at the time. Like if I'm um, if I'm noticing that that I'm repeatedly doing something, I just think to myself, this can't be exciting to watch. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, you're making a show at the end of the day, aren't you? As well, yeah. Otherwise, exactly. why are you putting it on YouTube? Yeah, yeah, for hundred percent. I mean, and and I mean, I play. I do quite a few. I probably pr- probably do quite a few beat 'em ups, and like I'm very I'm very uh, aware, I suppose, of kind of uh, it, it. It's weird, isn't it? Because you have to exploit patterns on the harder levels, or you can't win. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like you can't you 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 don't uh, you don't get a perfect game by playing recklessly. Um, but then playing recklessly is really kind of uh, is really entertaining to watch. It's kind of finding that balance. Really, it's like that. I guess it's a controlled level of recklessness. This is what I'm trying to. Uh, it's what I'm trying to achieve with these Perhaps videos. Perhaps you should somehow. go for a um, a third strike all triple uh, S rank uh, or something like that. It's something complete. So where you have, I mean, that actually that grading system's insane. But I'm thinking <laughs> that there are there are games which do have uh, kind of. I mean, Golden Axe sort of is one in that it has a grading system. But I'm yeah. thinking trying to think about games which have a kind of um, uh, style point system. Effectively, yeah. uh, I wonder if there are any of those where they both because <clears throat> yeah as we've discussed as you are obviously painfully well aware these games were designed to take money off you um, oh, 100% you've only got to look also, at flyers yeah. for the time they all yeah, talk oh. about mac- maximize your earnings or maximize Absolutely. you know what I mean 100% yeah. you look at all those those old Konomi flyers from like the, the 1980s as much yeah. as it's the same three women on all of them they're, <laughs> oh, yeah. all, they're, they're all saying the same thing they're all yeah. saying maximum income or, or earnings or cash yeah. or whatever and that's yeah. that's that's what they're there for. Like they don't, they don't. Uh, like with with WrestleFest, for example, once yeah. if you do beat Legion of Doom, it loops again, and everyone else is more difficult. 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That arcade operator Classic. doesn't want you playing there for an hour on 20p. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> he wants you moved on. No, quite right. Uh, so how many games have you put up on the channel so far with one credit complete? Um, let's have a think. This is season three. What did I put up this week? I did uh, Speedball 2 this week. That was episode 48. Yeah, uh, version. Yeah, oh, it's fantastic. Because mm. check it out if you haven't seen it. Honestly, like the it's a, like it's another one of those where I couldn't have scripted it. The, the last match is like it's like Escape to Victory. Do you know oh, what I mean? It's yeah. just missing. It's just missing uh, Bobby Moore and uh, and Pele. But um, but yeah, that that's that's pretty unbelievable. Um, I've got, I've also got on the the channel. There's two, uh, multi part long plays. Um, yeah. I've got Super Mario Brothers three and nice. uh, Super Mario World ninety six exits. Yes. Um, Good and I've job. also got a. As I started doing all these games, I started coming back to playing games that I'd done before, and I thought to myself, oh, I'd love to be able to do that or do it a bit differently. And then halfway through the season, the second season, I did a a game mode on WrestleFest, and the actual video was really short. It was about 10 minutes. And I remember thinking to myself, this isn't long enough. And I thought, uh, I should do like a a bonus like playlist on the channel where it's just bits and pieces of, like if I've done a game and it's got like a bit of an oddity to it, like there's there's a different way you can do it, then I should do that. So there's a bonus... um, a bonus content playlist as well with about 10 videos and it's all really niche stuff like for example uh, i did a enduro racer on the master system right and uh, the japanese version of that's got more tracks and and more animations and a bit different so i did that and i did the japanese version of uh, golden axe the one with the uh the, the that decapitation intro uh, oh yeah of course yeah <laughs> yeah and this and uh, a few other bit a few different WrestleFest clears and uh some street fighter stuff and and, and all kinds of stuff really like it's stuff that like i wouldn't I'd say I wouldn't be comfortable putting it out on a Wednesday, but I just feel like I want a Wednesday. I want One Credit Wednesdays to be like a different game. I don't want it to be something that people go, oh, he's already done that as he run out of stuff like it. But there's, there's so many, especially with older games, like there's so many variants of that yeah, you of can do with these clears. Like um, mm. I just find that, that there's so much. I'm just flooded with ideas a lot of the time. And I'll just be, I'll be like, well, I, I walk to work. It's about a mile away. It takes about mm. 50 minutes. And that. My head's just flooded with ideas. By the time I get to work, I've usually got to write stuff down, so I don't. Uh, so I kind of don't forget it. But uh, nice. but yeah, I've, I've done, like I say, all, all kinds of stuff really. Probably uh, if you look at individual games now with the bonus stuff, I don't know, maybe fifty, fifty odd something like that. And I've got forty nine recorded and fifty recorded. And then um, uh, the, the next couple of weeks, I've got quite a few events over weekend. So what I'm trying to do is get as far ahead as possible, which is the way to do yeah. it. Really. All the Shining Force stuffs recorded, yeah. so. Just got to convert all those as well. Fantastic. So uh, you said that R type you think was probably the the most testing achievement that you've managed to 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 do so far to get to the end. I read. I think it was uh, in the YouTube comments underneath that you put your own one. You said you felt like that was like a turning point that you felt you could pretty much get to the point of beating any game. I guess yeah. you were on a high at that point when you were writing Massively. that. But yeah. <laughs> but but, uh, but yeah, really crushing a, a notoriously challenging set of later levels must be must make you think well if i can do that then i can i can learn any game yeah 100 percent. kind of it as stupid as it, the whole thing with our type was um it all started out with a, a gentleman i work with a, at the the weekends he does he's a doctor uh, and his name's chris lamb and Stitches he's uh, people back together oh yeah he's, he's really good as well he's a good human being bless him but uh, when I first started the channel, I'd see him at various events and he'd, he'd chat to me about different games and he was always kind of super supportive. And then we were at one show somewhere, I don't remember where it was, and uh, he said to me, do you know what you should do, don't you? And I said, go on. He says, you should do R-Type. And I was like, oh, all right. And uh, I remember I'd played it and I remember it. And I remember getting home that weekend and playing it and being like, this is impossible. And I just wrote it off as a, I just wrote it off as a bad job. Really? And wow. then, yeah, I just thought I can't do this. And then um, what changed it all was the fact that um, I uh, I then got an updated version of uh, I got an updated version of Mame, um, which uh, which had uh, save states, um, and I didn't use save states for the complete, obviously, but yeah. I could break like the levels down into sections. Then right. I could play like I'll be honest with you, I must have played level six. Yeah, I can't begin to tell you close yeah. to a thousand times probably. Because yeah, that's the one that's mo- oh. that's the one that's most reliant on memory, a hundred percent. The ones yeah, with the yeah. dops, like you can't, yeah. Yeah. You, you can't wing that level. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you have to be exactly where you need to be. There's a certain degree of kind of flexibility with methods of kills in in our type and a lot of mm. things. Um, 
and there's a certain there's a few bits and pieces that uh, that I picked up along the way and there's a couple of methods if you watch the video itself like you'll notice that uh, on level five which is the one with all the dragons that come out of the walls yeah. um I found out quite early on that um the actual it's the only level where the top and bottom of the screens as much as their backgrounds don't kill your ship if you touch it right so what you can do is you can lock yourself in at the top left hand corner and if you've got the uh, the circular laser up to full power you can basically stay there and as long as you kill the dragons you can't get hit pretty much because nice. everything yeah. that comes at you your, your bomb shields will block the bullets and the missiles will take everything else so like i i, I noticed that kind of quite quite soon but the, the but level six like i say level six and level seven uh just yeah they just really took forever but need to kind of break that down because the problem is realistically nope. say if i'd have played uh, played level let's say i played level six i don't know 400 times or something like that that would have if i didn't have the safe state at the start of the level that would have mm. taken me 15 minutes to get there every time yeah you know what i mean so so you're talking like that one level to learn it inside and out would have probably taken me the best part of four months or five months or something Yes. And it was at that point where I thought, do you know what? I might be able to do this. And then I just right. broke it down slowly and surely. And like I say, it was like, it was, it was, I should, I should have kept a lot of those takes and then put them together as some kind of Rocky Four style montage, really. Cause there was just the, the, the bits where I just, I was just slowly but surely kind of getting better at it. And uh, the, fu- the funny thing was, like, the take I got, it was really late at night. And um, yeah. I had a load of kind of, I had a big block of time uh, and I just got nowhere with it. And so I just had a cup of tea, uh, gave my eyes a bit of a rest. And I thought to myself, I'm going to have one more go at doing this before I go to bed. That's why I always end up stuck. And uh, I got to level seven and died right near the end. And I just thought to myself, right, I can do this. I can 100% do this. And then I was like, right, one more, one more go. And uh, Hmm. the one one more go was the take. That was the one I, uh, that was the one I got it. And then, uh, I, I went to bed and then I woke up the next morning and wondered if I'd actually, it had actually happened. You dreamt it. Yeah, I yeah. wondered if it had been some kind of strange fever dream. But uh, I, was it, there was no one to celebrate with. Was your wife already asleep? She got a I'll be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's always just, a lay, isn't it? 100%, I, had to, I felt like I didn't, I didn't know what I was going to do. I, I felt like run up and down the streets, but uh, yeah. it was, it was just insane. And then the funny thing is, if you listen to the video, like it cuts straight afterwards, and yeah. and I recorded another section and tacked it on the end as kind of a bit of an ending because I just, um, yeah, it's hard to describe what I felt when when uh, uh, when that boss yeah. died. The irony is that like um, level eight is probably the easiest level in the game. Realistically, mm. it's super they, easy. Yeah, the, I, I think that's something. I mean, you've you've done fifty. I don't need to tell you, but I think you'll find that surprisingly often. I think there there was often a, a sense that developers would reward you and not detain you any further at the machine if you'd got to the la- last stage. Yeah. So while some games completely go against that, and the final stage is a nightmare, very often the difficulty spike in my experience is the penultimate or pen penultimate stage. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Like I say, mm. six, six and seven uh, are horrific. Yeah. Like I say, I only got to level eight once and I beat it. Do you know what I mean? So huh. it's, it was a, uh, that Didn't was. Didn't even have to practice it. No, like it was just, it's, it's really, if you've got like the right power ups, it's really straightforward. There's pretty much yeah. like, there's only one point you have to move. It's when the kind of, uh, the spinning, uh, uh, laser disc things come in oh, halfway yeah. through the level. You have to move forward and then move back. And then when you actually fight the, uh, fight the last boss, literally all you need to do. Is, is shoot the force when it opens its mouth and then move to the top of the screen and just keep yeah. it fire and, and and you're away really but i mean but at that point it's more about again and this is from memories from my youth and less so now i've become slightly more calm and actually i think i'm still just about becoming a better gamer into my mid-40s but it was so often just about panic you know like so you'd see those discs you know you could tell they were trouble and you would just veer off into them as a as a kid as a a youngster as an inexperienced gamer and actually if you just remain calm and observe you can often get away with a lot more stuff exactly because you your only focus it's like i always think of him as a cartoon strip my mate always sends me and he always sends me when i'm just before i'm about to go uh, to go judge fights and uh it's a, a guy in a um, in an orchestra, and he uh, he plays the he's playing the triangle, and you, it's 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 shot over the back of him, and it's got his sheet music, and he's only got one note yeah. throughout the whole thing, and <laughs> in a speech bubble, it just says, "Don't mess it up, don't mess it up," and it's so true, like yeah. it's it's that all all you're focused on, all I'm focused on at that point is not dying rather than winning, if that makes sense, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. You you focus too much on that sometimes, and you like you say. You end up just making the stupidest mistakes in the uh, stupidest mistakes in the entire world. Like when I did, um, I did Vigilante episode yeah. 
seven. And yeah, I got all the way to the uh, I got all the way to the last boss without uh, without even pretty much without getting hit, and then just died so stupidly three times in a row. It was rid- I can't describe how bad it was. It was terrible. <laughs> it was like the worst last boss I've ever played. And I was just I just remember at the time I had to stop playing. Then I, I gave myself another I gave myself half an hour and then I went to do it again and I got it. But God, I couldn't I physically couldn't believe it because I'd been miles away from a good take. I kept dying on level three, the bit with the motorbikes and. I just kept dying, and then I got, and everything about that other run was perfect. And in my head, I was like, "Well, this is the one, isn't it?" Obviously, I could just, I could just yeah. feel it. And the commentary was quite funny as well. I remember, and uh, I just got right to the end and just completely fluffed it, capitulated. Oh, it's terrible. Mentally, just crumbled. Your lines, yeah. Crumbled. Don't think I ever got off level three of vigilante. Vigilante um, solid, if you're being honest. Like, yeah, but it's but kind that, of a memory test, isn't it? Because it's oh, the same same button presses every time if you do it right. Yeah, yeah. There's um. The level level three is hard because um it it level three kind of sets you up for if you can do the game properly or if you can't because the last boss of level three you have to do this pattern where you do a ducking sweep and then you jump to go over his sweep and then you just keep doing that basically but if you get hit once you've got to get to the end of the level with the with the nunchucks because if you you haven't got the nunchucks for level four you can't do it without dying because no. there's too many enemies yeah. and so any and so that's the thing like you'd put a really good run together. And you'd nearly kill the boss at level three, and then you'd just fluff it, and he'd, he'd knock the nunchucks off you, and you'd have to start again. Because if you're doing a clear like that, because you're like, well, there's no point, I can't do it now. And like I say, it's, it's there's, like I say, you got the motorbikes at the start of the level, and the guy with the gun. Like at level three, you make it a very good point when you say it kind of uh, you have that difficulty spike because vigilante is very much like that. Like mm. three and four are solid, five apart from the last boss is fairly straightforward. You just run across girders, just kicking people off. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Listeners, uh, I should say, um, we've had some uh, some fa- fair criticism regarding our main podcast um, in our assumption of knowledge in many cases. So rather than explaining exactly what, for instance, our type was, or in this case, vigilante, because I just realised we've never talked about it on Kane. Okay. Um, I would suggest that listeners uh, who are interested go to One Credit Classics and <laughs> watch Ben playing yeah. them. And that's your episode, best way to, to find out what kind. Of, there you go. What kind of games they are. Similarly, our type, Double Dragon, Golden Axe, anything you've ever listened to us talking about and said, you, um, I do forget some of our listeners are considerably younger or, you know, just haven't played as many games as, as we have. So yeah, exactly. uh, video footage is, is also your friend, but we have been trying to be a bit better about uh, explaining what you actually do in some of these older games. So, um, are there any games where you decided to do them and you honestly thought, oh, this one will be a, this will be a doddle. This will be like falling off a log. And it turns out it was n- really, really, really tough. Yeah, an absolute nightmare. Um, yeah, I did um, a really strange, um, the, only the, Speedball's only the second uh, uh, Mega Drive Genesis game that I've done. Um, mm-hmm. The first one was a, a shoot-em-up called uh, Elemental Master, which mm. is kind of quite... Never played um, it. Yeah, it's really good. It's by uh, Technosoft, obviously, of, of Thunder Force yeah. fame. Yeah, um, I played all those, but for some reason didn't. Yeah, it's a. Weird, I don't think it got a. It didn't get a proper UK release until a lot mm. later. Um, but I, I came across it, Elemental Master, weirdly. Like I had um, a friend of mine sent me a file with a load of uh, video game music on, and I, I was used to walk. I used to work at a different office, and that was about two and a half miles away. So I'd, I'd still walk there, but it'd take me like forty minutes. And I just listened to various bits and pieces of music, and I, a, a song came on, and uh, I just remember thinking, "That's unbelievable! I wonder what that's from." And I got to the office, and I found out what it was, and it was this Elemental Master game, and I was like, "Oh!" So I watched a video of it, and uh, it just looked really straightforward. It's kind of, it's a, a vertically scrolling kind of spaceship shooter, really, but you mm-hmm. control like a wizard, not a uh, not a spaceship, yeah. and you have to negotiate him around kind of paths and stuff. And there's different power ups, and, and you get a lot of different attacks, and it's just really good. Uh, and I just mm. thought it'd be, a, but you only have one life. And I thought it, with an energy bar, I just thought it'd be a piece of cake, and it wasn't. <laughs> I just remember spending ages on it, getting getting to like because uh, you can choose the order that you do the first four levels in. But yeah, then after t- that, it classic gets re- techno soft. Yeah, after that, it gets really hard. <laughs> yeah, and I just remember at the time thinking to myself, "Oh, this would be a piece of cake." 
I was always struck by how uh, much the difficulty between Thunder Force uh, 3 and 4 ramped up because Thunder Force 3 is a real one creditor like I could do that easy and then Thunder Force 4 came along and I was like oh this is amazing and like it's got a 99 lives cheat and I needed it <laughs> so yeah, much harder it is really I've had a look at that a couple of times like I think it's one of those ones where um, I probably will do it at some point but it, it's it's like anything it's about organizing blocks of time really I yeah. put out the schedule for the rest of the for the channel for the rest of the year and, and what it's gonna be is um I try and do twenty episodes kind of per season. Mm-hmm. So this is the third season. Um and I've got the multi-part long play coming along, which starts on Saturday, that's Shining Force. Um yeah. and to tie it in with the rest of it, those the sh- there's gonna be two two Shining Force episodes a week in the next couple of weeks, because there's twenty one that'll tie in with the end of the season, and that'll be the end of November. And what I'll probably do then as I'll have December and maybe a bit of January off and then look at starting the end of January. Uh, but in that time, if there's any kind of big project kind of games that I, that I want to look at, then I think that's the time. And uh, I, had, I, I did um, the start of this season. I did uh, Super Contra, the arcade version. I did that one life. And I did that by accident. Like I'd, I, I had Metal Slug down pretty much. I was nearly, that's I was a like, tough game as well. yeah, I was about 85, 90% clear on a, a Metal Slug one credit. And somebody just, I, I don't even know, oh, a friend of mine, yeah, sent me a link to the the intro music for Super Contra. And I was like, this is amazing. I haven't heard this in ages. Hmm. And then I watched a video of somebody doing the game and I thought, hang on a second, but I could do that. And then it just, it just happened from there. And I just thought like, um, just, it was perfect. I like trying to start the seasons off with something big, do you know what I mean? With it, with a, an achievement run that's going to kind of get people and uh yeah, it's, it's, it was, it was just kind of one of those really that just kind of uh, jumped out at me. But, uh, like I say, the idea of uh, having that break over Christmas and, and December and probably a bit of January will give me a bit of time to figure out um, to figure out what I'm going to do with it, really, and, and, and figure out how many, what games I'm going to do next and, and uh, what kind of stuff I'm going to look at multi-parting. The funny thing is that like the other two multi-part long plays I did, uh, Super Mario 3 and, and uh, Mario World, were done in one sitting. So like uh, Mario 3 was done uh one evening i think that took that took me about six hours ish i want to say six or seven it's uh, tough the last few uh battleship levels yeah very tough yeah and mario brothers uh mario world the 96 exit one i did mm. over the course of a whole day uh, i think i started at 10 and finished at about five ish i want to say the extra uh, secret levels are the ones there where, where yeah uh, incredibly incredibly get, yeah <laughs> But I did like it was it was lucky actually because I had two Saturdays where I didn't have anything to do really and uh, and kind of my wife was at work both days so um, I used the first Saturday as kind of a, a bit of a dry run really to see like how long it would take me to do all ninety six levels right. um, and then I, I just recorded them all the week after um, but uh, the 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 dry run Saturday I must have spent about two hours on those on the the special levels because um, yeah. it's just they're just ridiculous they're just so hard took me a um, while back in the, the day yeah and they've all got loads of really amazing overly 90 early 90s names aren't they they're all called like mondo or radical gnarly tubular. or gnarly they're tubular they don't even start me on tubular the one with the balloons <laughs> but uh but yeah well th- this multi-part long play shining force i've had to do obviously over um like uh, a couple of weeks really just as yeah. and when i've had it uh, i've had time for it because it's a big uh it's, it's a big role play game but uh it's kind of something different for kind of the channel and i think it's something that uh hopefully everybody will uh will really kind of really enjoy when you're looking at tackling these games are you doing it entirely off your own back and just playing and learning or do you look at any uh plays by other people or you know um research into tactics from mar- old masters at the game and anything like that it, it depends if, if i get to a point where i'm stuck on something and i, I physically can't figure out then, uh, then sometimes I will look at a long play and see if there's something obvious that I'm missing, or see if there's a a different strategy that maybe I haven't been aware of. But I mean, I try and um, the bulk of them I try and just kind of work out really, um, and try and like things like, for example, um, in the Golden Axe, uh, the Golden Axe playthrough, when if you get to where uh, the bit with Death Adder, if you bunch him up in a corner and then you walk up straight past him in a, a vertical line, mm. uh, you'll find that you'll lock in place. And then if you face away and then face towards again, you'll find that he'll, his character animation will be walking upwards, but he won't actually mm-hmm. move. Mm-hmm. So there is a perfect way that you can lock him in place and then just kill the skeletons because they'll just try and get you on a horizontal line and, yeah. and you can get them like that. So there's loads of bits and pieces that I picked up through doing it. Um, like I said, I said about the bit on um, the bit on R-Type with hiding at the top of the screen and a few other bits and pieces. There's, there's bits that I do that I do look at and think to myself, huh, 
I haven't seen anybody else do that. The, the funny thing is, though, like as stupid as it sounds, like like there's, there's certain games and most of them actually, especially the older ones. I wouldn't say there's, there's there's not really tactics to them, but it just so much of it comes down to reflexes. Like like I say, I was I was having a run through a bit of a run through Green Beret earlier. And I got yeah. stuck on it. I did it, and I got uh, I looked back at a certain bit I died on a lot, and I thought, oh, watch, I'll see if I can find a long play. And I saw a long play of a guy doing it, and it was just complete luck. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it was just a hundred percent luck because because there's yeah. a lot of RNG in that game in yes. terms of if you get the the white enemies that do the jump attack rather oh. than the ones that just run. So like, uh, there's a lot of that. Um, so many ten Ps. Yeah, it's stolen from me. Yeah. It's frightening, but I mean that's that's <laughs> the thing. Like, it's just at that point. It's about your will against the will of the machine, really. You've just not got to be, uh, you've just not got to be broken by it, I guess, um, yeah. and just got to keep playing until you get that good, uh, until you get that good RNG, really. But th- those are the frustrating ones because, yeah, because you could do everything right and still not get it. So, what's your approach to uh, dip switches and difficulty options in games that had them? Because obviously, back in the day, it was down to the arcade operator. Like they might have come with factory settings, but you don't know that that's what you were playing necessarily. Um, so, if you're playing an emulated game now, do you just leave it all at de- default, or do you go in and you do you allow yourselves uh, allow yourself to make it easier, or give yourself extra lives, or anything like I'll that? I'll generally leave it as default unless I'm doing an achievement run that specifies a higher difficulty. I did um, Street Fighter 2 on the uh, Super Nintendo, and I did that maximum difficulty. Yeah, I saw uh, that. Yeah, no rounds Crazy lost. Person. Yeah, that was really good. I was really <laughs> happy with that. Um, maximum difficulty, no rounds lost. Yeah, that worked out well. Um, but all, all the others, kind of um, generally, I'll kind of leave. I think in the future, like when I come back to playing games that I've done before, the next logical progression is to see what they're like on a harder difficulty and see see if that if that adds a little bit of a, a little bit of challenge. I always remember him. Um, like a, a lot of the games uh, that I really enjoyed playing were radically different on higher difficulty settings in terms of like uh, what you're expected yeah. to do. I always remember uh, Streets of Rage 2 was like a different game on the harder difficulty settings. Like bosses yeah. were like unrecognizable. They had way more energy. Or there was two of them or three. When there was two, there was then three. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, it adds a lot of, of, of a strategy to it. Um, so I think like longer term, there'll be, um, there'll be like a, harder difficulty setting kind of playthroughs but generally like i say i'll just i'll just kind of switch it switch it on and then um start playing and and, and go from there really unless like i say i'm thinking of myself right that's the game that i know i'm quite good at and think to myself would a harder difficulty setting give me kind of more of a challenge really or, or make for a better uh, make for a better video i really really uh i just find myself uh thinking that uh i know you've mainly focused on arcade as well as a bit of mega drive and and uh, mars system yeah but there's an increasingly superb library of Neo Geo games on the Switch, courtesy of Hamster. Yeah. Um, and you could very easily take that with you on your plane journeys and, and start to one credit some Neo Geo SNK yeah, classics. I, that I have had awesome. a look at some. I've had a look at a few uh, uh, a few SNK uh, a few SNK titles. I've got the um, uh, the Neo Geo uh, X that, oh, that yeah, came yeah. out. Yeah, the one that came out a couple of years ago. And mm. obviously that's like a Neo Geo shell, but the actual. Uh, insides of it is, is a handheld. handheld yeah it's really good as well um mm. so like i say i've got quite a, i have got um i've been playing quite a bit of fatal fury and a few other bits and pieces on there but i mm. like it talking handouts i mean an snk as well i had a um i had a neo geo pocket um yeah. nice in machine. the yeah it was a controller mm. it was fantastic yeah in about 2000 in about the late 90s early 2000s when yeah. i was at university mm. and um i just remember like I had card fights clash and uh, a lot of games like that. And I just remember it being amazing friend of mine. I was at uni with had one as well. And uh, you could do two versions of card fights clash. It was like a Capcom one. Yes. And, a one. and yeah. we had the, we had the opposite ones and like a link cable and we used to play like all the time. Um, yeah, I know how much, how loved those versions of those games were. I never actually played them, but um, I know that the DS sort of incarnations were never uh, meant to be quite as no, amazing they as the, no. They weird. really weren't. I did play the DS ones, to be honest with yeah. you. And yeah, I just, I don't know. It just, there was just Lacking kind of, something. yeah, there was just something missing. Like the, that, mm. that SNK kind of a uh, handheld, it just had so much charm. It was just such a good machine. So many good ports to it that really held up well. And I think the gameplay was so, so amazing in so many things. And that's everything that kind of brings me back to, uh, brings me back to all the games. I think it's funny because I work with a, I work with a, uh, I was going to say a lad. He's like 25. But I work, I work with this lad, and um, he kind of plays kind of games, uh, plays kind of quite modern games, and I explain like the concepts of these these older games that I'm playing, 
and it just makes no sense to him. And he's just like, well, why doesn't right. it tell you? Why doesn't it tell you what to do? And I was like, that's that's the whole point. <laughs> like, what, like uh, you've got to kind of figure it out. And he's like, well, why would you want to figure anything out? And uh, it's yeah. it's that it's that thing. Do you know what I mean? I just keep giving him loads of grief, calling him a lazy millennial, uh, and and saying that he's just being spoon fed by these uh, by these games. It's ridiculous, but it's really funny because like, uh, and I just take for granted that modern games have these features now. Like I remember doing him. Um, oh, it might have been Elemental Master actually. And he said, "Oh, I was that clear girl." And I said, "Yeah, I'm stuck in the boss rush." And he's like, "What's that?" And I was like, "Oh, at the end, like you fight all the bosses." And he was like, "Why would you fight all the bosses?" And I was like, "It's a boss rush, isn't it?" I'm sick of explaining this to you. Like, it's just loads of games still have boss rushes, though. You should know that. It's well, maybe he is way lazier than I thought, but um, but but yeah, like it was just the the concept of it for him seemed like uh, yeah, seemed kind of quite alien. Whereas like standard, it was a standard, uh, it was a standard kind of especially shoot 'em ups. I remember shoot 'em ups nearly all Adam. Um, oh, yeah. some form of it, some form of boss rush, uh, but, but yeah, yeah, the elemental it's still map fairly was... commonplace in um, in games that are influenced by games of the past. I suppose yeah. one could say. So, what, uh, what's your control setup? Have you got a nice big arcade stick, or do you use a, a, a standard console pad? Or are you what? what are you no, I use a um, I use a USB controller um, uh, made by a company called Buffalo. Um, oh yes, it's okay. a a replica of a SNES pad. Yeah, um, yeah, and the deal with every replica SNES pad I've ever played always comes down to the the D pad. The D pad always yes. feels flimsy, uh, and I've got a SNES uh, upstairs, and uh, I play it all the time. And there's practically no difference between uh, using the Buffalo and using yeah. the actual SNES pad. I heard yeah, they're good. They they were quite cheap on Amazon for a while, but yeah, very good. I bought one um, very soon into. I think Vigilante, as we talked about, um, was the first video where I had a that controller and it just made such a difference it's so much more responsive and uh, mm. it, it, like it's it's weird like um it just gives you that mic that extra kind of millisecond of, of kind of of click when you go from one direction to another and like uh, on those old games like that's enough a lot a lot of the time yeah. vigilante is a great example if you get surrounded quite quickly like you can flick between attacking to the left and attacking to the right quicker yeah. than if you were on kind of a pad that was less responsive so mm. um but i have got a um it talk about the Neo Geo, um, the Neo Geo X that came with a, a replica Neo Geo stick and it's yes, a US, USB right. one as well. So yeah. um, I can, um, when I was playing it, when I was getting the runs in on Metal Slug, I was using that stick because it felt kind of authentic and quite cool. Yeah, yeah, really, really yeah. I was going to say because really with the with the coin ops, I suppose there's not uh, the purists might suggest that you you should play it with an arcade stick. Oh, but, but then yeah, sometimes you just yeah if if there's another option available that's more that's more comfortable and and more doable to you i certainly wouldn't blame you for taking that. Uh, exactly exactly like i play the arcade stick all the time when i'm just kind of sitting down and playing and a lot of progress runs but like there's something about maybe it's a mental thing like i just know when i plug that like that that buffalo controller Super in that it's, confident with it yeah it's game time do you know what i mean it's time to wear it's, yeah it's <laughs> it's time well to wear worn it. in it's, as well and, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, like I say, I th- it was less than 20 quid. I want to say it was about 15 quid when I bought it. But yeah, from Amazon, I did get it, and it came super quickly. And I just remember at the time, like, I just plugged it in and, and, and had a quick game of uh, Street Fighter or something, and it just felt exactly the same as, do you know what I mean, like the, uh, yeah. the, the playing on the SNES pad. From a, a beat-em-up point of view, a one-on-one beat-em-up point of view, like, um, I'd say either the SNES pad or the Mark II Sega Saturn pad is probably the greatest uh, the greatest controller for those kind of games, in my opinion. Um uh, the Mark II Sega Saturn pad was incredible with the six yeah, buttons on great. six buttons on the face and the D-pad was fantastic. Yeah. Um, but the SNES pad was the one that I'm probably most familiar with because I spent the longest time playing mm. kind of games on that. So um, it just seemed like a natural, uh, you know, natural fit. A friend of mine recommended it to me, and I was like, "Yeah, this is uh, this is oh, kind right. of where where we're going with it." And it made it made clears of games I'd attempted easier. Do you know what I mean? I'd been messing around playing Castlevania a little bit on the NES. Um, and as soon as I got that, it just all seemed way more, way more kind of tangible and doable. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah, talking of uh, Super Nintendo pads, m- the temptation from my point of view is to just, and and I suspect other people as well, as as they get wind of what you're doing, is just to uh, throw the names of notoriously difficult games at you and say, "Haha, well, you've done this, but can you do Hagane or can you do yeah, Super Golden Ghosts?" <laughs> that happened, that happened within <laughs> days of me putting the first video up. The thing is, though, like everybody says, Ghosts and Goblins um, or yeah. Ghouls and Ghosts. I reckon, yeah. I reckon, if I'm going to do a game from that series, Super Ghouls and Ghosts, I think is the yes. most, the most doable. 
I think. I've, I've beaten them all, but not on one wow. credit. But I, I've beaten no. Ghosts and Goblins. I beat it when I was at university. It was on the uh, it was on the Capcom Classics uh, pack that You're came out. You're shaming me. This is horrendous. I um, can't beat these games. I spent a lot of time <laughs> on it. I'm not going to lie to you. I spent an all. There's a reason why I got a terrible degree. Like uh, it's, yeah. it's a pity my dissertation wasn't on, go- on, a, on Ghosts and Goblins. I would have smashed it. But um, but but yeah. PSP, uh, the PSP sort of um, anniversary game that came out in two thousand six, Ghosts and uh, Super, uh, what Ultimate Ultimate Ghosts and Goblins, they called it absolutely amazing. If you can get hold of that somehow, yeah, uh, whether it's out there in emulation, I'm that was so cool. No, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that series, to be honest with you, and uh, it's it, uh, it's hilarious. That that that's hard. Like I've yes. been um, Demon Souls and Dark Souls Two, and I don't know, I don't want to be that guy. I just don't see what the fuss was about. I, was I, I, well, I tend to agree, even though I ha- I've only beaten Bloodborne of that series because I haven't put any time into the others particularly. But it is, you know, you, you there are ways of mitigating against the the challenge in those games. Whereas 100%. in in Super Ghouls and Ghosts or Ghouls and Ghosts, whichever, uh, it's you and that's it. And yeah, exactly. You've got, you've got your suit of armor. <laughs> until it yeah. gets knocked off, and you're it's in your hundred percent. Yeah, I mean that's that's. <laughs> That's just it's it's hard. Do you know what I mean? The reason that all this all these people heralded kind of uh, the Souls games as being hard is because they were kind of like hard compared to the the way a lot of modern games aren't. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. but anybody who played games for a longer period of time, um, like you say, would just be able to reel off ten or fifteen games that that just you knew you weren't going to be able to do like without a without a big a big portion of time like i say people do do that all the time they do chuck a really difficult game at me but it's really satisfying when they kind of throw the name of a dead difficult game at me and i'll be like yeah episode 12 mate already done oh, it beautiful like, yes. every now and then every now and then it happens somebody the other day said oh i've done operation wolf i was like yeah episode 17 <laughs> i was gonna <laughs> ask what did, what, did, what did you play that with a mouse uh controller oh okay yeah the emulation for it's really good um so you get like a, okay. a crosshair um yeah, I did, I did a few games. I was looking at a few games like that. I did Operation Wolf, and then I was going to do Operation Thunderbolt, and then I did mm. I did Cabal in the end. Um, yeah, yeah. That was loads of fun. I really enjoyed doing that. Yeah, it's a yeah. lot of fun, an awful lot. I used to play Operation Thunderbolt, on the. there was a very good conversion on the Amiga, uh, which yeah. was the mouse. It was great. I had great fun playing that. Even you know, it was never the same as you know when I finally got light guns in the home in the in the PlayStation Saturn era. That was awesome playing Time Crisis, yeah, and Point Time Blank, Crisis. and and, uh, and Virtua Cop and all that. But actually, back in back in the uh, early nineties, playing with a mouse seemed pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> I did. it's a nice it's a nice uh, a touch, isn't it? Yeah, I was a big fan of the year uh, when when light guns became more kind of kind of derogatory when you saw them a bit more like i had like i say point uh, point blank and time crisis and then when i had a dreamcast i had uh house of the dead um yes. and uh the gu- yeah the guns are fantastic for that because you could plug the rumble packs into the back of them i seen i remember yeah so you got right. kind of a uh, you got kind of a feedback yeah uh, no good on modern tellies unfortunately and uh, no good for capturing video either so those are kind of off the menu unless you use workarounds of some description yeah like i say i've, I've had a look at it I, I, there's a lot of stuff like that that i thought that'd be good oh no i can't do that yeah, like I, I always have these these uh, trackball games. Any thoughts of doing, you know, Marble Madness or oh, Castle Castles? I've had a look at Combat um, School. I've done Combat School, um, oh, but okay. I've done the uh, the joystick version because there was a joystick right, version. There was. There? You're correct. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I did Combat School correct. episode twenty yeah. something, twenty eight. Okay, I shall check that out. That was a hard game as well, but right. mainly because it used to rip all the skin off my fingers when I rolled the trackball into the uh, <laughs> into the it, cabinet. It's funny because you talk about um, gaming kind of. Like hard hard stuff that I've done and, and gaming achievements. Combat School overall probably isn't the hardest game that I've done. Um yeah. because uh because there's levels of it that are quite easy. However, yeah. the last level on Combat School is probably Which the is single the stage. Is that the Iron Man? No. No, it's it's like um the one after after fight the instructor, um oh, yeah. what happens <laughs> is um you have to you then get sent into the White House to rescue the president who's been kidnapped by a load no. of terrorists in an eighties fashion. Um, These days you wouldn't bother, but well, no, I you, wouldn't. But. No, I don't think anybody would. But uh, <laughs> but the, it's it's the most unforgiving level in, in in any game. And once again, that was another one that I could get to that level ninety nine times out of a hundred. Um, but when you get hit once, you die, and then you have to go back to the start of the. I don't think I ever saw it. I may have seen it like start of the whole thing. Honestly, if you watch or if you watch that video, it's I it's, will. It's, it's it's ridiculous. Like that that last level is one of the most, hmm. like, un, 
undeniable methods of just shoving somebody off a machine or trying to get more money off them yeah. because it just dumps you straight at the beginning as well <laughs> like you, you don't you get hit once and you die and then it says game over there's no you can't continue even if you've got credits in and if you press start then you go back to the first day you go it starts as a new game and you go back to the first day at the first bit yeah combat ugh. if combat's both of you have got there in a two-player game how does that work i think there you go one after the other i think oh and then you die, and then uh, your mate dies, and then you probably just stop talking and go home and get, and get a chippy or something. Like, yes. it's just, that's where the evening ends, I'd imagine. It's just, oh. it's, it's on, I can't, I, phys- I can't describe how hard it is. You can just die at any point. There's like, it's, it's, it's a different form to any of the others. It's like, it turns into like a, yeah. almost vigilante style, like side-scrolling like, beat em mm. But anybody touches you, you die. Um, there's like guys who throw uh, Molotov cocktails. There's a bit where you've got to jump over a, um, uh, jump over a, a wire and skeet across some fire. There's a bit where um, this guy with a chain who can kill you with one hit. It's 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 absurd how hard it is. It, re- it really is. And at any point, there's only one enemy on the whole thing. Who's it? A guy who throws a knife who you can take more than one hit from. You can take two hits from him, but everybody else is just is a one shot. It's a one shot kill. It sounds and, uh, completely horrendous. It's absolute savagery. No, no. Cheers, Konami. If fans of us, yeah. Thanks very much. It was cool. Well, what that, was it? Uh, Boot camp, wasn't it? The uh, the American version was called boot camp. I want to say. Uh, yeah, I don't remember. It was definitely combat school in the arcades mm. uh, here. Because I played it on the uh, Spectrum. That was the version that I right. um, I played of it, yeah. and then I just uh, when I got into kind of Mame and the emulation scene, um, the first thing I did was fire up combat school, and I was like, oh, this is ace. And then I remember getting really good at it and thinking to myself, oh, I'll be easy to be able to do this. And then I just got to the last level, the first time I ever did it, and I thought, well, that's that. Then I don't think I played it for about three years after that. Don't, don't blame you. Uh, so on that sort of subject uh, final question before I let you plug all your stuff uh, are there any games which are so notoriously tough or that you've tried and gone like you said you, you did briefly with R-Type and just went like nah can't do that impossible out, I'm, I'm not not even yeah maybe just that you wouldn't enjoy it or, or it would just be so tough as to be a yeah like an impossible task yeah like sure I don't know really there's some kind of games that I don't know like because it I've got so many, uh, so many main titles, and so many of them are really, uh, really obscure. I'll, I'll often just go on a random kind of a, a, a random jaunt through these through these games, and I'll be like, I haven't seen that before, and I'll turn some coin up on, it, and it'll be something dreadful from the early nineties that just looks impossible, mm-hmm. and I just think to myself, like this one, this doesn't look fun to play, and two, it looks dead hard. Do you know what I mean? But uh, there was one the other day. What did I start playing? A uh, really strange kind of like space area kind of clone. I want to say it was by Taito, yeah. I think it was called, uh, oh, it was called Aqua Jack, I want to say it was called, quite quite strangely. You play like, it's like Space Area in a hovercraft. But um, but yeah, I started playing it, and I had, I, had, I had about 10 minutes, and I just thought to myself, this just feels like an absolute chore. I just, <laughs> just wasn't enjoying it at all. But I mean, most people, like, if I get suggestions for different uh, for different games, that most people will suggest games either one of two things games that they really enjoyed or games that they couldn't beat and and games that they really enjoyed are probably games that i enjoyed because it's kind of a similar demographic um, and games that that people couldn't beat are probably hard so like if it's uh, if it's something that's really kind of quite difficult i'll kind of i'll see how feasible it is because like i say if i didn't have anything else to do if I didn't have like a like a, a job, do you know what I mean? And all the other, all the other pressures, a relationship, exactly, a, a, a weekend hobby. Yeah, if I didn't have all that, then and I could just do this full time, then I wouldn't say I could beat anything. But I'd like to think that if I put enough time into it, I pro- our type made me think I probably could beat anything. Sounds like it. But, um, Given yeah, Super Contra, Metal Slug, our type, you've done a lot of the uh, the notorious crew already. So yeah, the difficult yeah. ones. I do I do think like that. But I mean, like I say, I, I um I had to go at one of the the very latest or the the later samurai showdown games and i just yeah it's just ridiculous like it was it was like one like the, the emulation wasn't amazing but two like mm. it's i don't know it just there was just way too much going on and i just remember thinking to myself this would take ages to get really good at uh, this and try and uh, and try and put uh, put any kind of any kind of run together but most you things, only need to play sam show 2 anyway yeah according to most fans so <laughs> yeah that there one. is that as well and uh, i i like i say i have um most things I'll have a go at realistically, and it's like 99% of people will make realistic suggestions, you know what I mean? Everybody now and then will throw in something stupid, like you say, something that's just notoriously, ridiculously difficult. But uh, but yeah, like I say, I haven't had too many kind of experiences really where I've had to kind of, uh, 
or I've had to write something off. Generally, if I get my teeth into something, if I, if, I, if I commit a bit of time to doing it, then I can uh, I can kind of get it finished, really. Good stuff. So thanks for uh, talking to us, Ben. It's been an absolute pleasure. Where can people find you then uh, on the various platforms on which you exist? Uh, social media-wise, if you just go onto Facebook, we're just under One Credit Classics. We're the same on Twitter, where it's at, and then the number one, Credit Classics. Um, and if you just go onto YouTube where all the main stuff is, um, if you just put one credit classic, you should see the logo there. And like I say, uh, all the stuff's categorized into playlists. The YouTube channel is the big one. If you get a chance to get on there and, and subscribe and leave some comments. We have um, competitions and stuff fairly regularly. I kind of get bits and pieces of merchandise designed. I've got a really cool guy called Jamie who designs a load of load of cool artwork for me. He's a really cool guy. And he does like, he's a designer. Uh, kind of full time. He's a uh, his site's DM4 Photography, and he's a really cool he's a really cool cat. Um, but um, like I say, uh, on on the channel, all the stuff is is categorized in a playlist. So season by season, long plays, bonus content, competitions, trailers, all kinds of stuff, really. Um, but it's all kind of there. There's a new video out every Wednesday, uh, a one credit clear video out that comes out every Wednesday, kind of dinner time. Um, for the next till the end of November, basically. For the next two weeks, there'll be two videos a week. And then for the next, uh, from the third week till November, there'll be three videos a week as we get all the parts of the Shining Force multi-part long playthrough. So after those first two weeks, there'll be a video out on Monday, one out on Wednesday, and one out on Saturday every week until, like I say, 25th, 20 in that neighborhood, end of November, anyhow, when it all uh, when it all kind of wraps up pretty much. Amazing. You've got a work ethic, uh, but possibly to put even ours to shame. No, <laughs> it's impossible. Uh, but well, yeah, again, thanks for talking to us. Uh, I think, uh, listeners, if you enjoy what we do at Kane and Rinch, you'll certainly enjoy the One Credit Classics channel. And I am sure uh, what we'll do is we'll, we'll pretty much do our best anytime we're covering games in the future that we know Ben has uh, aced. We'll invite him on to the main podcast to uh tell us how he did it basically and t uh, teach us uh, teach us noobs and scrubs how to play the game properly um, but until then thanks for telling us all about it ben thanks very much